0: Hi, it's Milton. I'm starting a new script analysis class on the 20th of April, Wednesday. The class will meet for six weeks from 5 to 6.30. Script analysis is meant to help us look at the text of a play and figure out what exactly do I look for in order to make these talented choices that I want to make. For more information about the class, email us at scriptanalysisclass at gmail.com. Scriptanalysisclass, one word, at gmail.com. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Okay, so I sent you all this script and and I decided it was a really good script to work on because it's only one page and clearly nothing is there. And since Brady brought this up because he's a cheap whore, he sort of wants to be a big actor, but he also wants to, you know, make money. So, well, I told you, I'd walked into Stella's office and I'd just been out to California. My ex-boss was doing a... Um, sitcom and he invited me to the rehearsal and he had forever he wanted me to to return and be his assistant and I said no I couldn't do this show and so I returned to New York and I went into Stella Adler's office and she was sitting before class and I very very proudly said to her Stella I turned down a sitcom in Hollywood and I expected her to come out of her chair and just bow down to me because of the nobility. And she looked at me and she said, darling, no man is bigger than his time. And so I looked at her and I said, now you tell me? I mean, was... um, so first thing, understand my character's function. In the scene, and the scenes function in the piece, and let that inform my choices and my character's problem. Now, here's the reason this is important it's because so much of television, and so and this is really specifically television, uh, but film as well, has to do with plot. It's very important to understand exactly how. This scene that I'm doing and this character fits into this plot. And so, and and a lot of times you'll figure out different things. Sometimes you are, as in the case of this, you're setting up who the new commandant is or whatever the hell she is. You're setting up a particular situation, but it's just kind of important. And, And with a lot of these things, I think, you know, we just kind of start nowhere and then periodically, we just start to layer in and say, okay, this is this is the function that I have. Okay. Second note, build something specific that is going on before the scene starts. Now, this is a particular issue that happens for those of you, well, first of all, You all know from my book, and if you've listened to my podcast, I think, although I've never listened to my podcast, I'm very big in talking things out. If you talk it out, and talk it out like it is an acting exercise, you talk out this event. There's an operative word in it, event, which is also very good. It's not just wandering around aimlessly doing nothing. It's finding an event. So build something specific before the scene starts. It gives you the complete idea that there is a continuation going on of the scene that you're in rather than starting from nothing. So Milton, you're talking about building the moment before? Yes, a specific moment before it starts. And sometimes you can talk out events before the scene started. I mean, other events. I I like to think that there's something specific before this scene. I I put Greg and Teo on tape a lot. And just one of the things that that I make sure both of them do is talk out something going on before the scene starts. And change it every time. I mean, there's a tendency, you know, opening night's fabulous. Why is the second performance always down? Well, the reason is, is because opening night was fabulous, and you're trying to recreate what you did on opening night. Same thing happens when you're doing these takes of um, audition tapes or whatever they are. You know, the note is always make it a little different. Not a lot different, but just different enough so that you kind of trick yourself, which is oddly, what you're trying to do. I've tricked myself into being in the moment before the scenes start. Okay. Now, another thing that I find really, really useful is to talk out the entire scene, including what goes on between my lines and my partner's lines. And there are two ways to do this. One is I can talk it out as if it's happening at this moment. The other way is to talk it out as if I'm telling it to somebody. So what I'm doing as an example in this particular instance was I was standing, I was standing outside the precinct office and I was watching whatever his name is as he was talking to a guy. Like a new rookie, and he was telling me something that I've heard a million times, and I thought to myself, "Ah, yes, the old speech, so you see what I mean? It's like I say what so and so said, and my response to it. Greg got cast in a movie, and he had a rehearsal, and he's supposed to be sitting for like what'd you say seven pages of two people arguing, but what he did was to talk out. So I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, these people are arguing. Maybe I should leave. No, actually, if I start to leave, it's going to draw attention to myself. And then I hear one of them say, you know, you son of a bitch, how can you move out on me? And I'm thinking, oh dear, this is really a place I should... Do you see what I mean? So I, I talk them out, and I talk my own response to it now, the reason I do that is it forces me to be involved in the scene. It keeps me from waiting for a cue because I am talking out what is going on with me throughout their dialogue, and sometimes it's as simple i mean it's as simple as so she said, which made me think. You you see, it's that obvious. It's that obvious because it's my rehearsal. And and this is all, I'm telling you something. I came up with all of this because I kept looking at audition tapes and I kept looking at audition tapes and I kept looking at audition tapes and I kept saying to myself, they're dead. (laughs) These people are dead. And I said, the reason that they're dead is because nothing is going on when the other person is talking. So I tried to figure out what is the best way to do that. And look, we all know this. We all know it's called a subtext. Stanislavski had a rehearsal in the fourth act of Cherry Orchard when... Everyone assumes that is going to marry Lepakin, and so there, there's just like this whole scene set up between the two of them. And Stanislavski had them not talk out the lines, but talk out what was going on, what became called the subtext, and as soon as somebody says the subtext, you cut off. So I think, you know, so what's really going on? And so it became something like Varya saying, well, is he going to ask me or not? It was in Russian, of course, so I'm only guessing. And he's saying, I I really can't take the pressure. So the whole scene, and God, I've wanted to go into rehearsal for a play ever since I heard that, because I thought, what a fabulous rehearsal. What an incredible rehearsal that all you're doing is not the lines, but talking out what's going on. This is a similar thing what you're doing is talking out what's going on in the sense of what you're thinking and all of that. And, and so everything then, it's, it really becomes your monologue and it becomes your scene, which I, I think in an audition it should. There are two ways to do it. and Sometimes you might find it works better one way than the other way. And there may be more ways, but I, I've only come up with two ways. One is talking it out as if you're there. I'm sitting in a coffee shop and I'm supposed to be filling out the application for this job. And I'm looking around at the people in the coffee shop, and I'm thinking to myself, it's a good client. When suddenly somebody walks in and they start yelling at the owner behind the counter. So okay, so I can talk it out that way. And the other way is, as I said, I can talk it out as if I'm telling somebody, as if somebody said to me, so what happened? And I can talk it out that way. Well, you know, I was sitting in this coffee shop. And, and by the way, every time you go back to it, you will by yourself add something and do, uh, just encourage yourself. So the next time I go back, I say, well, I was sitting at this coffee shop. And you know what? It's really a nice coffee shop. I mean, I have to say, I can tell if I were to work there by the people that are there that they've got money and I can make good money in tips. See what I mean? And that's the second time I go through. Talking out helps me believe it. And so each time I talk it out, I can believe just a little bit more. You know, now I start to see the coffee shop. Now I start to see the other people, you know. Okay, so my other note is, you're always wanting to get to this question of who are you. If I'm doing a play, I I think I can get away without being so identified with what they're looking for in a TV series. But I still need to have a sense of, of being a person. And so sometimes, very much the way you all have been sending me these questions about the characters and all my sons, years ago, I had a process where I used to do interviews of characters. And so an actor would sit on the stage in an element of costume and I would interview. But I mean, that's it. You know, you that it's like you have these questions. My last note to JP, (laughs) was a note that said, look as hot as possible. Now, um, because JP, who's a nice-looking guy, and so he's been very sexy in some movies, and so he decided for this one particular audition, which was as a construction worker or something, that he was going to dress the part. And also, he was going to not shave. And I looked at him and I said, JP, when you don't shave, you look like a homeless person. And I said, actually, even specifically, you look like a homeless drug addict. So my note to him, which he wrote back to me, is look as hot as possible, which is what I said to him. So it's like, there are these things that have nothing to do with acting. You know, that have to do with really good lighting, really good sound, all of these kind of weird things that none of us ever thought we would ever have to worry about. I mean, it, it's like as a teacher, I've had to start worrying about lighting. Who ever thought I was going to worry about lighting? So. Find your light, Milton. Find oh, please, are you kidding? That's the actor's studio joke. She stopped and paused and said, no, no, find your life. Oh, I thought you meant my inner life. Hey, everybody, it's Walker Vreeland, producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class. The podcast is conceived and hosted by Milton Justice, and our music is provided by Jeffrey Keezer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And thanks so much for listening.